Now, you follow as I read um, a portion out of Luke chapter 7. It begins in verse 31 and goes through verse 35. This is um, a portion of scripture out of a book that is inerrant, infallible, inspired. It's the very mind of God is black words on a white page. And it reads like this. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all our children. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. Guys, not so too long ago, I I ran across a commentary on the Gospel of Luke. You know what commentaries are. They're just man-written books uh, trying to explain the Bible. But I I ran across one on the Gospel of Luke, and it was entitled, The Lord of the Banquet. I love the title. I didn't buy the commentary because I didn't like the author. Um, but but I, I, love the, I love the title, The Lord of the Banquet. You know, the, the more you read of the New Testament, uh, particularly the Gospel of Luke, you, you get a sense, you, you, you can understand why people called him a glutton and a wine-bibber. I love that term. Wine-bibber, it's drunker here, but he was a glutton and a wine-bibber because there was so much talk about food and feasting and dining starts in chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 you know that's when Jesus went over to Levi's house and had a meal you knew Levi was he wasn't the tax collector he was the chief tax collector oh he was hated and Jesus went over to have a meal with uh, him and his friends oh my and that's when the criticism arose about him eating with tax collectors and sinners That was chapter 5. And then in chapter 6, Jesus and the 12 are walking through a grain field and they they grab some and and, and crush it up and eat it. And oh, the Pharisees didn't like that. No, sir, re Bobby, because that's a violation of the Sabbath. I mean, uh, that's a violation of the law because that's uh, harvesting grain, say they. And then in chapter 7, Right beneath the text that I just read you is one of my favorite stories, guys. I think you know the story. It's when Jesus goes over for another meal at this guy Simon's house. Remember that? It starts in about verse 36. And in verse 37, it it says that a woman of the city broke in. A woman of the city. I don't know exactly what her occupation was, but I could take an educated guess. I bet you could too. But she breaks in while they're dining and uh, wets his feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair. And then, of course, there's there's chapter 9 where he feeds the 5,000. You know, these were the religious outsiders. They weren't insiders. Oh, no, this is the blue-collar crowd that Jesus fed there, another grand meal. And then in chapter 10, Jesus has a meal with Mary and Martha at Mary and Martha's house. You know, and Martha was such... Was so compl- she was so upset because Mary wouldn't help her in the kitchen. 
And uh, Mary just wanted to sit there and listen to Jesus teach. Martha didn't like that. But another meal. And then in chapter 14, oh, chapter 14, that's when Jesus is having supper someplace. And he gives instructions about which chairs to sit in. Don't, 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 don't sit in the ones at the, you know, the top of the table. No, no, don't do that. Go, go to the end. So Jesus is there at another, another, and then chapter 15. Oh, who could forget chapter 15? That's the one that opens with the Pharisees grumbling about him receiving sinners and eating with them. And that follows up, it is followed up by those three parables, including the prodigal son. And then there's chapter 22 which is probably the last event of his life, which was a meal. The Passover, the upper room meal. You remember that one? That's where he instituted this this sacrament. The, The point is, guys, you see why he is called the Lord of the banquet. John the Baptist was the ascetic, not Jesus. Jesus was the celebrant. He was the non-ascetic. He was the one that spoke about eating and drinking with great enjoyment. And, And interestingly, at least it was to me, that every time you see him in a meal setting, he's in charge. He's the one establishing the protocols. He's the one who says, you know, um, the parameters of this meal are such that uh, this is the how-to of the meal. This is where people are to sit. This is uh, who's to be invited. And uh, this is the attire to which they, uh, that they must wear to be admitted. Even when he's in somebody else's house, he's the one who is establishing the protocols for the meal because... Jesus is the Lord of the banquet. Gang, Gracie Van is not the one who set the rules concerning this sacramental meal. We're not spiritual enough nor smart enough to have done such a thing. It is, it is the Lord of the banquet that gives us all the rules that affect our participation in this, in this sacrament. But all of those rules go into supporting the main rule. The main rule is only the redeemed are invited. The not yet redeemed are shut out of this meal. You are not to come. Not because you have any less value than anybody else in the room, but because at this moment you have not seen the value of what's on display here. And if you remain in that position of being not yet redeemed, if you die like that, you will also be shut out of the wedding feast of the Lamb, where Jesus is not only the Lord of the banquet, he is the Lord of all eternity. So, my friend, If you're waiting for an invitation, you already have one. The invitation is given you by the Lord of the banquet. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I've got some real good news for you.
Jesus eats with sinners. He's called the friend of sinners. So if you're one of them, that is one who knows that the thing that has separated you from God is your own sin. And then you also know that the only remedy for that sin is on display in this sacrament. If that's you, come meet with the Lord of the banquet. Let's pray. Our Father, would you indeed meet us here by the enabling ministry of the Holy Spirit to remind us of what's going on here. That this, that these elements that are, that we're, elements that are tactile, that we're about to have in our hands and we're about to even eat, they are elements that are supposed to remind us of the very cornerstone of what we believe. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ for sinners. Oh, Lord Jesus, we are so glad that you like people who know their sin. Because we know of ours, you opened our eyes to see it. So now, allow us to feast on the great remedy of sin, Christ in him crucified. We pray, of course, in his name. Amen.